Welcome to the Faith Church Peshtigo podcast. You can find us online at faithpeshtigo.com. We're also on Facebook. Just search for Faith Church Peshtigo. Today's podcast features a conversation between Pastor Jay and Pastor Robbie about the sermon from July 12th, 2020. It is almost so, certainly not how these things work. It is absolutely how these things work. I disagree wholeheartedly. That's a perfect way to start. Yes, disagreeing wholeheartedly. Welcome to our disagreement, everyone. Podcast episode number, and I forgot to look again. And you don't care. Nobody. You don't. Nobody is worried about that. They're not worried. It's just a little nugget for the people. Because if they've listened to all of them, they're like, "Wow, we're like in the 30s now." This may be. Thir- this could be a milestone episode, and we won't know. Well. That's a risk I'm willing to take. Okay. Glad you are. Well, if you don't know, that is Robbie Helene, who's my co-host today, and I'm Jay Williams. Hello, everyone. We are glad that you are listening today. Yes. And we are back to distancing on the podcast. We are indeed. We are in separate offices. Which, this time, though, we tried doing it without Zoom, so now I can't see your face. Mm, and that, that is quite a shame. It it, it is. is quite a shame. It is quite it is quite a shame because then I can't tell. It's going to be a shame for everybody because they don't realize how much your facial expressions keep me in check. My my shifting from incredulity to excitement to horror to agreement to disappointment. It really it, it's what keeps the podcast alive. It is. Or it keeps it under three hours also. <laughs> so Possibly. Yeah. Um, that's not actually what I wanted to lead off with. I want to lead off with something that just happened here that you, Robert Helene, officially became old. Yes, it did. Well, not officially. I mean, it, that's this has been a, a slippery slope for quite a while now. Well, but you crossed I'm beginning, a line. I'm beginning to embrace it. You crossed a line yes. this morning. I, I uttered the phrase, first of all, I had to call in a younger employee in order to assist me, and then uttered the phrase, I pressed a button and everything went away and I can't get it back. Yes. That happened today. That happened. I heard it from next door and I laughed. To your great oh, delight. I, I laughed out loud because it was so great. Right, yeah, Robbie's on his computer trying to figure something out and calls for Christoph and says, Christoph, get in here. And Christoph came in there and he said, I pressed a button and everything went away. <laughs> and so Robbie is officially now yep. old and can't handle technology. Now, before we get offended people who right now are older, if you're listening to this podcast, you're not who we're talking about. Precisely. That's always the same. Although <laughs> I am currently recording the podcast and I am who we are talking right. about. So. I mean, the reality is that we all, we have all been there. Unless you are fourteen, we have all been there. Where we're saying, "Wait, what's this thing?" I just had that about uh, some social media, some new social media that I did not realize existed, and it was mentioned among some high schoolers. And I was like, "I, I don't know what that is." I, I do not have the mental or emotional energy to keep up with all the social medias. Yeah. Well, you're going to have to when your kids get there it's going to happen so i'm dealing with that now so yeah we all are but robbie i just had always kind of esteemed you as someone who was age proof in technology (laughs) it's a bold expectation just in technology oh 
technology and clothing. Well, I feel like this is not a, well, no, I'm not even going to defend myself. Never mind. (laughs) I just, I deserve everything I received this morning. I'm so so ashamed. Yep. (laughs) If you could see my face right now, you would see my shame. Filled with shame. Yeah. Like on your behalf, not personal. Oh. Not personal shame, but shame that, that you did that this morning. So anyway, that is not the topic of conversation for the podcast. Uh, what are we talking about? Oh yeah, this is the sermon one. That's kind right. Of... Yeah, Sunday. Sunday, you walked us through some Isaiah, helped us uh, gain a little perspective on God and His presence and His promises. Yeah. How do you feel like it true. went? Well, it was a gorgeous day. So, it was downright delightful. Yeah. Even even when the sun came out from behind the clouds, it felt like a wonderful warming ray and then it would go back just at the time where you felt like ah, oh, that's probably enough it went yep. back under cloud cover it was it was pretty fantastic it was a great day to be outside yeah so so that just made it amazing as it was and so uh yeah overall you know this was an interesting one and all of these are right now when we're talking about praying through scripture because it's not the typical exegesis that we would do so i didn't dig into any of the background of the what passage. What is exegesis, Jay? Um, 60 second seminary. Go. 60 second seminary. Um, how how would I say that in less than six? It's, it is just the, well, uh, this will be for some of the people in the audience. It, it's essentially the unpacking. It's starting at the text and pulling meaning and understanding from from the text. So it's, it's all of your skills of reading of context clues or whatever, which is the opposite of say eisegesis where I start with my conclusion and then I find I fit text into that, which isn't always, I think it's fair to say that's not always wrong. There are times where we cite verses to back up a particular point of view, but pure exegesis, I guess I would say is you're just starting with the text and going wherever the text leads you, pulling out our understanding from that. Is that can we say that? That was great. Very sure. helpful. Thank you. And if there's anyone who teaches hermeneutics uh, out there listening to this, you will be enraged right now, and you'll send me all of the like the much better definition. But I'm okay with that. That's okay. That's not really our audience. I'd be shocked if that were our audience. I'd be shocked if anybody in our audience teaches hermeneutics. Joke's on me. I teach hermeneutics, but... <laughs> <laughs> You're not in the audience. Kate. Right, I'm not in the exactly. audience. You prove the point. No, I'm just proving the point. So, um, so yeah, so normally we would be digging into the passage a little bit more and looking at the background and what's going on in the context, the cultural context, and what's happening there. But we're really just trying to say, okay, as I'm reading Scripture, how do I, how do I read it in a prayerful way? And yeah. I just thought of if you're reading through, and a lot of times when you're reading the Old Testament, you're reading chapters at a time. You know, the Old Testament is not something I recommend that people read a verse a day. Um, you you need to read chunks of it. You know, it's narrative. By and large, it's narrative. And um, it's just good to read more than just a little bit. And so if you're reading through Isaiah and you get to this section, there's so much incredible stuff in there about God's presence and about promises that he makes to his people and so I just thought, you know, you, we often say you don't, you don't have to have all the commentaries. There's some really straightforward things that are happening in Scripture that you can grasp and uh, 
and pray. And so that it was just a different style than what we typically do. And so um, I enjoyed that actually. I was actually I I enjoyed preparing it and I enjoyed delivering it. Um, praying on behalf of the people throughout the sermon was yeah. really good for my heart, for my soul. Was there anything in there that uh, that for the sake of time you had to cut or just didn't seem to fit, but you in your preparation were encouraged or impacted by? Not really. I mean, this this was one of those times where it just... You got to like, say all the good stuff? I just got to... Because I was just praying. I, I was just praying. So I think by and large... Um, I, I think what I wanted to drive home was the idea that God's presence is is the promise that He gives us, and and it's because of other things. Like you certainly could you could make the argument that well, His presence wouldn't be a wonderful thing if He wasn't good, and that's true. Yeah. And if He wasn't loving, that's true. So you can't separate all these things and say like, well, this promise is better than this promise. It's it's the fact that it's all of it together. Right. Right. That makes it so amazing. But the fact that his presence is with us because he is good and loving and the God that he is, his presence is the greatest gift and the greatest promise. And it's so stressed all through scripture. And it's the thing that I think we 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 struggle with the most is just the presence of God and actually believing that he is present, that he's present right now in the recording of this cast. And and I, I know in my life, I have felt I have missed out on so much comfort and joy and contentment that God offers just through his presence. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I try to find joy in, you know, or, or any like a lot of times when you're struggling, I, when I struggle with something, I'm I'm looking for answers to that struggle. And I always forget. I often forget to start with his presence. And so that's maybe one thing that I could have gone into more is just saying that's where you start. It's good to then understand other reasons why I shouldn't worry and why I can be confident that he will provide for me and why I can be confident that he will, that I will persevere and all of these things. But it all starts with the fact that he is, that he is present hmm. and that he has promised to never leave us or forsake us. Um, and us seeing that as a good thing. Right, because right. not, not only do I have a hard time forgetting that he is present, I I could have a hard time even acknowledging that that's something that I should desire. Right, because I don't. We don't always think, and and you touched on this in the in the sermon that often we hear that that promise of God saying, "I will be with you," and and our thought is, "Great, but are you going to fix the circumstance? Like that's really what I need. Like, great, you're going to hang out, but, uh, but." But what about making this easier for me or fixing this or removing this difficult situation and, and not actually seeing the best thing he could possibly give us is himself. Like the stuff is peripheral. The stuff is nice. That's, you know, that's grace upon grace. But, but just that the sovereign creator God of the universe would say, how about I give you me? Like right. that, that, the fact that I don't find that astounding every waking moment of my day is just evidence that I don't understand fully what it is that he is offering because that's incredible. So much so, I was telling you this morning, so much so that as I was reading through the Old Testament last year, I was struck by as as Israel enters into the promised land and, and, and God is dividing up 
uh, the tribes into their areas, and it, and it says, okay, you get from from this river to that river, and you get from this hill to that hill, and he kind of marks it all off, and then he gets to the Levites, and he says, and you you get nothing, like you don't get any land. You you know each of these people should give you you know a city to hang out in, but you don't you don't get that um, because your inheritance is me. And and my first thought, my fleshly thought is, oh, bummer for the Levites. They didn't get any property. And like 30 seconds more contemplation, I realize, wait a minute. I have this backwards. They got God and everyone else got dirt. Like they got the way better end of that deal. But because our perspective is so, so grounded, so rooted in stuff, in the tangible. Right. We can even read that and read God saying, I don't need to give you dirt because I'm giving you me. And not that he's not, that that the rest of Israel doesn't get to interact with him, but in a right. unique way, he promises his presence with the Levites. And, and the fact that my first response is not, man, they got way better inheritance than everybody else did. But my first response is, oh man, bummer for them. All they get is God. It, it just again reveals how quickly our hearts like like the gravity the, the gravitational pull of our hearts is always back to stuff and just but but what about that thing I want that thing I need that circumstance I want fixed yeah and I think I when I think through this I when I was looking back and just realizing when when I feel God's presence when I'm very acutely aware of his presence and I'm communing with him then I end up I find joy and satisfaction in the smallest of things like it, I, I've when in those seasons where I just feel like God is so near and I've just so enjoyed just resting in His presence. I like I think everything you know I can find I find joy in you know a good cup of coffee or a um, you know just these special moments with simple moments with my kids or all those things. I just find myself thankful for all of these things. But when when His presence is not my main pursuit. And when I'm finding, when I'm finding my hope or trying, finding myself obsessing with things around me, then those things never satisfy and mm -hmm. never, or it's very fleeting. Right. Um, right. So it's basically like if I have God's presence, then I, I have everything. And if I don't have His presence, then even the biggest things are nothing. They're they're not satisfying. They're not fulfilling, which is something that we, we say all the time. And people would agree with that intellectually, but we function often in the other way. And we function in that way. We show it. We demonstrate it in what we end up pursuing. Like it, right, So if I'm right. feeling discontent, if my pursuit is, well, then I need to get this thing that I, I feel like I'm lacking. Well, then that's when we're going down that wrong road. Whereas if I'm pursuing God's presence in that, then I, I find that much simpler things will actually fulfill me because mm. they're enjoyed um, in in his presence. Uh, it reminds me of the the famous C.S. Lewis quote, right? I'll have to paraphrase because my memory does not allow me to say it verbatim, but it's along the lines you're so of... old now. If you, right, my, it's, it's slipping. Christoph, get in here. Um, the, that idea of if you, if you aim for earth, you get neither earth or heaven. If you aim for heaven, you get both heaven yeah. and earth. That, that idea of when... when God's presence is my priority, I actually find significantly more delight in 
his creation and in the things that he gifts me with, where when my focus is on those things, I find no joy in them and I find no eternal joy, no lasting, no spiritual, no soul deep joy in anything beyond that. Yeah, one might say, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things would be added unto you. That was good. You should tweet that. I should. This is amazing. Let's attribute those quotes. Um, <laughs> the, the, yeah, if I end up, it's just so, it's without fail. And I, and that's something I really hope that people would through the sermon realize and consider. And that's why, you know, when people, I, I often get this bad rap that I'm anti-hobby, that I'm anti-recreation. And I'm so not, if you, if you knew me at all, you'd know that that's not the case at all. I'm, I'm anti-idolizing those things. Sure. Um, sure. And the reality is that that even in my own hobbies, like I enjoy photography. So I enjoy going out and taking pictures and wandering around. And when that is my main pursuit, then my enjoyment of that that time away is solely on did I get good shots? Do I feel like I used that time well? Did I miss this? Did I take the right gear? All that stuff. But if I'm just going and enjoying God's presence, I can still take that hobby seriously. Like I still have my gear and I still am trying to, you know, capture wildlife or whatever I'm trying to do. But the joy that's in me, like I'm, I'm, I'm fulfilled by something other than that. This is just a, a thing that I'm doing. And we obviously have lots of examples of that with personal relationships. You know, if I'm enjoying, when I take my kid to a baseball game, my main goal is not that the baseball game is not the main thing. It's spending time you know, with my kids. Mm. And, and if you, you could put me in the greatest baseball game ever by myself, and that's not going to be as fulfilling as going to a random game with my kids. Mm. So most of the time, <laughs> I mean, let's be real. Sometimes they ruin things. Did I just say that out? Can we edit that you out? Did. That was, we'll, we'll edit that out in post. Oh, good. I trust you fully and completely to edit that out. So people, yes. no one will hear this part right here. No, no, because we don't want people to assume that we're real people and that we right. also sometimes no. are. So speaking of tongue-in-cheek responses to things, <laughs> um, I, I was struck as you were as you were preaching. You made you made a comment, and and I wrote I wrote the note down, and um, I was kind of laughing as I wrote it down. I'm like, oh, this is so funny and tongue-in-cheek and jokey, and um, except that it's not. Right. So I, what I what I wrote down is you seem to be saying that God's number one priority is not and should not be making everything easier for me. Uh, I don't care for that. And <laughs> and what what struck me is I, I wrote that down. And I know oh, I'm being silly and being a little satirical there. And but then realizing, well, yeah, but that's there's because a, there's a nugget of truth in that. Right. That is upsetting. Like there, yeah. I, I truly in my heart of hearts want God to make things easier for me. And so. I do, you know, you mentioned the example of, of we tried to discern God's will by saying, well, where has he created the easiest path, right? Well, look, he op this door has opened for me, and this easy thing happened, and so it's just this is the smooth track. Um, and so quickly forget that, that Jesus himself said that wide and easy is the way to death, right? right? That narrow and difficult is the path, and very few will, will even find it. Um, but... But I hear that and I go, yeah, but can't, you know, can't God make the path wide and easy for me? Like in this circumstance, like, 
I understand maybe for those other people. So I, uh, I was struck by that. It was a really, a really good reminder. It's always, it's one of those things that uh, I think is important for us to keep in front of our face, that reminder of what, what is my expectation of God? And am I encouraged by him or discouraged by him um, by his choosing to or choosing not to make my situation, my circumstance, my decisions easy and comfortable? Yeah, I mean, that, which comes back to why, why are we even here? Because there is a time where the path will be wide. That's in eternity. Hmm. Like where we will be we will be frolicking in a meadow or whatever in those things. We're just constantly in the presence of God and rejoicing. And that, like that's, that's why that's heaven. But here on earth in this time, the reason we're here is to display the glory of God. And so if our expectation is the reason I'm here is to live a comfortable life, well, then that's why we have so much disappointment in that. But if it's... Mm. If it's to shine, if it's to be to glorify God, well then, that's that's the purpose. I mean, we, we're like, otherwise we're like lights who, you know, light bulbs who only want to be out in the bright sunlight. Hmm. Which, yeah, who doesn't? Who wouldn't prefer to be in the bright sunlight rather than in darkness? But the whole purpose of a light is to shine in darkness, and so if if we're not doing that, then we're not really that's not really our purpose. And, um, and so that is that, and that, that can change our perspective then and understand that when trials come or when these other circumstances hit, that it's not a, it's not a departure from God's plan. That is, it's largely God's plan. And it's just his grace, his grace and his kindness that we have so much, that there is so much, so many good gifts here. Right. Right. Right, that in, in fact he is that each, the, these light and momentary afflictions are preparing right. for us an eternal weight of glory, that he is actually using these things to help us to enjoy eternity immeasurably more. Right? We, sing, we sing that song, um, Christ the Sure and Steady Anchor, mm-hmm. here quite a bit. And I love, I absolutely love the final verse of that, and it ends with, and the calm will be the better for the storms that we endured. Yep. That idea of... Uh, of it will it will be even that much more beautiful you know johnny erickson tata is famous for saying um again kind of tongue-in-cheek but saying like i'm gonna enjoy heaven more than all of you because i i'm gonna get to run again for those of you who don't know uh, she's quadriplegic so she's been in a in a wheelchair for the for the bulk of her adult life and and she sees that uh, I'm sure she has her difficult days. I know she has her difficult days, but but when she's seeing that through the lens of grace, she sees that as a gift, and and kind of jokingly says, uh, "Heaven's going to be even more awesome for me because of uh, because of the additional celebration I have of being made whole again." Um, but it's it's difficult in when those circumstances are right in front of our face um, to to be able to hold that perspective. It is difficult. And that's why that goes full circle back to why praying the presence of God, practicing that and praying it is so crucial because if you lose that, if you, if the enemy can convince you that God is far from you, that he's forgotten you, that he's, that he is not near, then not much else, really nothing else is going to be comforting. 
because even God's goodness at that point, and that's where you have a little bit of the priority and why I say that the greatest present, the, the, the kind of foundational promise is God's presence because his goodness, it doesn't even do me any good if he's not near. Hmm. If he's not with me, if he's not, if he's far from me, well then he can be, he can be as good of a king as I want him to be. But if he's right. not here, right. that doesn't, that doesn't help. So we have to start with the, fact that God is present and and I've just found that for me when I've done that when I've practiced that presence and when I've prayed those prayers that it just it is it is the gateway through which so many other things happen it my anxiety is diminished my fear is diminished um, the other night I woke up in the middle of the night and all of a sudden was overcome with um with anxiety actually it was on was it sunday night it was it was sunday night so it was after i preached this sermon hmm. i got woken up at like three in the morning and um i which was when your some of your alarms go off i know i just i cannot stop thinking about that whenever i say well, middle of the night three or four in the morning and i got you know 20 percent of our church is saying that's when i get up to go to work <laughs> got it so first first wake up for you not for me middle of the night and I could not go to sleep. I don't know if you've ever had this where you, I, I just felt, I felt some anxiety about some things that were going on and it just started snowballing. And pretty soon everything I could think of was a negative, like everything, hmm. everything that was hanging over me, um, you know, tax day is on Wednesday is tomorrow. The taxes are due. And I don't, um, I am I am a master like I am master level procrastinator, um, and so I remember back in March when they extended the deadline, I was I was sitting there and I saw on the TV a scroll across the screen, um, I think I was picking up a pizza at Brothers Three and on the TV it said, federal government IRS extends the tax deadline to July fifteenth, and I was like woohoo, I don't have to worry <laughs> about that forever, that's like forever from now. And then like five, four or five days ago, I go, wait a second, July 15th, that's tax day. And uh, I haven't done anything with that. So um, so on Sunday night, that was one of the things that popped into my head. Like, do I have everything? Do I, you know, I've got to do all these things and, and find these records. And then that other thing started piling on, piling on, piling on. And so just hours after preaching the sermon and, and leading people through praying this, I'm sitting there and I found myself grasping for material things for comfort, just fun mm, things, yeah. just surface things to, to comfort me or to distract me. It wasn't comfort. It was just looking for distraction. And I just said, you, you fool. <laughs> can you, can you please like, what is the most important thing right now? It, it's God's presence. And so I just started praying. I prayed Psalm for um, Psalm 23 and Psalm 46 and, I just started praying psalms, just laying there in bed and praying them. And and it wasn't like an immediate burst of light that flooded my soul. It wasn't. It was actually like an hour of doing that and finally falling, drifting back to sleep. Um, and so I just I just say that to say it's it's so crucial to know that that's that's where to start. And I was so yeah. thankful and for God's grace in that moment to to experience that. So, um, just so presently to experience that and then, um, and then to be praying that, but then to see, yeah, it's not, it's not just necessarily, sometimes it'll be like a light switch 
but a lot of times it's not it's just consistent claiming that promise and and believing it and letting it kind of marinate and, and kind of soaking in that promise and letting it dissolve that anxiety away rather than looking for just a quick shot in the arm that will just eliminate it right away man i find that very helpful um i I think it's so important to have those expectations set appropriately and rather than feeling like I just, I, I, I toss out that prayer. God didn't answer it immediately. He's not present. Right. And instead of being discouraged in, in, uh, it didn't, it didn't instantly vanish. Um, but understanding that he, he operates in different ways. It's sometimes in his grace, he absolutely does. But, but oftentimes, uh, it is more of a process but that doesn't mean he's any less present. It, it, it actually means because of his presence and because of his intimate knowledge of you, he knows the best way to walk you through that. And, uh, and that's good. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, and, and to tie a bow on it, I would say in hindsight, if you'd asked me on Sunday, hey, do you want to have a full night's rest or do you want to wake up in the middle of the night and have stress and anxiety for an hour or an hour and a half? <laughs> I rest assured I would have chosen the former. I said I I would rather have a full night's sleep. But in hindsight, I was taken through that process and experienced the care of my father in a way that was unique and important and and I I wouldn't want to give that up. And so that's just another it's just another example of what we're talking about how it's not God's plans for us is not to make things comfortable and easy because if I had slept easily that night, I wouldn't have had that experience. Hmm. And then it's such a reminder of how often he does give me restful nights. So it's, it's contrasted in that of like God's gifts are still tangibly good. Most of the time, Yeah, yeah. they don't even need a twisting of it. It's just, he's, he's giving us the better gift and he knows what we can handle and what we can't by his power and so he, he, he gives us those opportunities. And if that, I've gone through stretches where that's been nightly. Um, and those are really rough seasons, but they have also been really rich seasons. But thank God he doesn't, that hasn't been my entire life, you know. Mm, um, that. So, so, yeah, I think I, I, my hope is that people just, that we turn to praying that. And, and again, as we continue just praying through more and more scripture, um, I'm really hopeful. I'm encouraged by the stories. If you have stories about how it's been transformative to be praying scripture, let us know because we want to we want to be able to share those because I think a lot of people are experiencing some really incredible things and it's hard for me always to know what can I share, what I can't. Sometimes I ask for permission and um, but it's good for people to to know that other brothers and sisters are experiencing some of these same things. So yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Man, that's a great way to finish this today. We yeah, are so. we are glad that you guys are listening. If you have questions, if you have, uh, as Jay said, if you have uh, experiences like this that you would want to share, we would love to hear those things. So please email us uh, or, or catch us on a Sunday if you're here for one of our outdoor services. Um, we would, uh, yeah, we love, we just, we get so excited about hearing how God is uh, fulfilling his promises day in and day out in uh, in our family. So please share those. We want to hear that. And we and and yeah, we unless you say it is okay, uh, we promise that will not 
end up as fodder for the next podcast. Um, at least not without your permission. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not without your permission. Do you need help turning this thing off, Robbie? You calling Kristoff? I think I've got it. Okay, good. Well, that will wrap it up then. I hope these podcasts have been helpful. We're going to keep churning them out. Make sure you subscribe so that you don't miss one. And we will see you next time. <laughs>